Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Encyclopedia Commanderica, the segment where we go to gather and click random over and over again, and then talk about how we would or perhaps would not use those cards in Commander. Maybe you're wondering why it's my voice today and not a stuffy English accent, or perhaps a stuffy Southern Californian accent. Well, gentlemen, fate has finally led me here to the day that I, Shivam Putt, have now taken over the Commander Podcast! Don't you mean Bathmat Shiv? No, my secret name, you have depowered me. Hey everybody, this is uh, Gavin Verhey back once more to deal in the rich, rich dark arts of Commanderin. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't just anchor this myself, so I have brought a friend along, the great great designer of Commander 17, and so many other cool things we do, Gavin Verhey. That's right. Little known fact, I'm also a good assassin, which is the reason why it's just Shivam and me on this podcast. <laughs> Everyone else, down for the count. They never know what hit him. Yeah, it turns out Gavin Verhey's name can be uh, anagrammed into Vraska. Just uh, work with me on this. It's a, it's a Polish dialect. You're pretty close. <laughs> You're missing a missing a, like there's a Z. We're we're down a Z and a S and a K. So but only half only half the name. Okay, you know what? For, work for with me on this one. You're her like half brother. It's fine. We have a wonderful show lined up today, and we're going to sit here and talk about all of these really really ridiculously random cards that were generated for us through the magic of Gatherer. Now, Phil is on vacation right now off in the merry land of China where he happens to be using Rakdos's Lords of Riots to watch some tournaments with some legends of his own. And Sean has unfortunately taken to breeding rabbits in the far north of England. And hopefully we will see him soon once the winter thaws. Now, Oh, good luck in England. Jeez. It's be there forever. <laughs> Seriously. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we begin, a little bit of news. First off... Playmats. For the month of November and December, shipping is a $2.50 flat rate to anywhere in the United States. Order as many playmats as you want because it's all the same price. And this is because we saw one of our cool, cool listeners went and got a playmat for each member of his meta, which is really neat. You could also do what I do and use them to soundproof your house, use them to, I don't know, build a tent for your child, use them to keep the heat out of your windows in the summertime. They're really cool. We have still the Las Vegas version and our normal logo. I personally prefer the normal logo, but they both look cool. And if you order one, you get a free Deadeye Navigator or a God Pharaoh's gift signed by various members of the cast who just happen to not be here right now. We also think if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash commander and MTG. Last episode, you heard a plea from our Lord and Master Phil talking about how important it is for us to get your patronage and your support. This podcast is entirely listener-supported. We have no advertisers. We have no corporate sponsors. What we do have is the undying generosity of our patrons and also our work salaries that we use to help keep this podcast afloat. Luckily, we're all doing pretty good, but, you know, we could be doing so much more. So if you can, patreon.com forward slash commander and MTG. Even a buck a show will help a lot. Yeah, and I, I want to I toss my two cents in here a little bit. As a longtime content creator, I, I know if you're out there and you'll listen to this right now, 
you're probably thinking this is the boring part of the show. They have to get through so that the good stuff happens. But it is so important. I really can't stress enough. It's easy to just be there, listen to an ad after ad after ad, thinking, whatever, I'm just going to get to the part that I want to listen to. But seriously, stop. Think for a second. These guys make a show that you're listening to, and they love it for a literal dollar a show, which is such a low amount, such a low amount to give. You can help make a tremendous difference in these guys and have them not only create this, but incredible things in the future. I'm someone who comes on the show. I'm a guest. I'm asked to come on, and I still have them backed on Patreon to give them money every time a new show comes out because I appreciate the work they do so much. We're incredibly grateful. Oh, well, it's, it's my pleasure. And if you want to grow the magic community, if you want to be part of something incredible, if, if you want to help provide goodwill and make the ecosystem larger, it is such a small, small price to pay for such an amazing, amazing benefit. Even if you only like one out of every five episodes, which is, you know, I don't know, well, depending, on, depending on who you would ask, a low or a high hit rate, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's still worth it. Like that's you get hours of content for a dollar. If you go, if I go to the movie theater and see a movie, it's like thirteen dollars. If I buy a, you know a video game, it's going to cost me more than that. For these guys' time that they put it in at work, they're making a lot more than a dollar for the hours and hours and hours. I mean, for Shivam or Phil, it takes them days to edit a podcast. So please, I know that you think this is normally an ad, but snap out. And not only for this podcast, but for really anything you listen to that you love, a dollar here and there. If you spend four or five dollars on magic, um, uh, on podcasts a month, let me put it this way. I love it when you guys buy booster packs. Please keep buying booster packs. But if you have to skip buying one booster pack, just so you can support the awesome, awesome magic community. That's a trade I'll happily make. So please support these guys. They're awesome. That's a heck of an endorsement, man. Wow. I'm going to stop buying booster packs and start sponsoring more shows. Just one. Just buy one fewer. <laughs> buy 35 instead of the 36. Please, I need your booster packs, okay? But in all seriousness, these guys do an incredible work and, yeah. and many other people in the magic community. And for a really small amount, as a former content creator outside of Wizards, and even now when inside of Wizards, I know how much a small um, donation can make. So please it consider doing it. It makes a huge it. difference. I personally help sponsor a bunch of other magic content creators as well. Because of the fact that I feel that the more content we have, the better our community becomes, the more people we can reach, the more people we can bring into our game that we love so much. Because one of the things is, if we grow the audience, then there's more people to play magic with. There's more trips we can take around the world and always have a deck on hand and always have somebody to hang out with. Magic is a universal language and we want it to reach as many people as possible. And we can only do it with your support. So once again, patreon.com forward slash commander and MTG. Feel free to throw us a buck a show. Feel free to throw anything you can. And you can even, through Patreon, cap your donation so you don't bankrupt yourself if we were to somehow have a magical month where we put out 38 episodes, which is probably not going to happen since we're all three parents with full-time jobs. However, you can do whatever you need, and we are eternally grateful for all of it. Thank you. And on to one more interesting news item. We have an unstable preview card. We're going to be releasing it on the 21st of November, and I have been threatened with gumballs and plungers and bananas, so I can't actually tell you anything more about this card, except that it's amazing and super cool. But we will find out what it is on the 21st of November. So until then, keep your ears peeled and be vigilant. So, 
Just one minor topic I've been really curious about since you and me are sitting here solo. Do you still get to play Commander at work? Yeah, well, not just at work, just in life. I mean, I have Commander decks put together, and when me and Magic Buddies get together, it's always a great way to relax. Usually when me and my friends get together, we do one of three things that are Magic-related. We either play Commander, we play Cube Draft... Or we, we play Cobblade Mirror matchups. And, <laughs> you th- and if you think I'm exaggerating, you don't know me well enough. Why? But one I mean, of those three things, because they're all very relaxing and fun activities. <laughs> so, Cobblade Mirror matchups. It's oh, always, always on the table. And yeah, I've got a variety of commander decks just in case I need them. And at work, of course, we, we play as well, too. Although at work, often playing with future cards, I have to be careful when I take my decks home from work because sometimes there'll be cards from the future in them and I don't want to accidentally whip one of those out. <laughs> It'll be really awkward when I go over to a store oh, and draw that. Whoops, uh, the handwritten card on it. <laughs> yeah, well, at least if it's handwritten, they can't decipher it because I write in Egyptian hieroglyphics. <laughs> but if it's a playtest card, yeah, that'd be bad, so... Gosh, what is this soul lotus you have here? What's, uh... <laughs> the, the, the funny part is usually if we put a card into a commander deck to try it out, it means we're worried about it. Sometimes those cards just get killed anyway, so it might not actually be revealing any information. But anyway. So have you uh, brewed any new decks lately? <laughs> yes, but I can't you tell can you talk... about it. <laughs> yes, yeah, starring all of these amazing legends from uh, Macaroni, the set 12 sets from now. <laughs> the the commander is a card I can't tell you about, but it's a sweet deck. Oh man, yeah, you guys so are gonna love it. Just I give it a little bit of time. Jedid O'Jonin. So, uh... <laughs> oh god, no! I've been working on my Hapatra deck. It's very close to being done, and uh, I can't wait to start spawning out little snakelets and negative one, negative one tokens. And then I can finally move on to building my Kiora Mega Monsters deck after so long. Now that uh, Kopala just came out, and she's totally going to be a perfect commander for the idea I have in mind. But that's for another episode, so let's move on to the main topic, the Encyclopedia Commanderica. Now, I want to let all the listeners at home know that for every episode, and by this point I'd say I'm a, I'm a veteran, I'm basically a, an extra host, I mean, this is my... I don't know. Well, it's, it's my third episode that you've heard, but like my 12th time recording. And there's been a, some things that have happened. Don't worry about it. But uh, we have these things called show notes, right? So we're looking at the show notes. So I know everything, everything that we're going to talk about when we add things to it. But right about to this point in the show, I get to this big red text that says in papyrus font, you can imagine it yourself, do not look past here until recording. And I have not. I have refrained. So whatever comes up next is completely improvised, just like everything else I've done in the show so far. But this will especially be improvised. Yeah, so this is going to be super exciting. So once again, these cards are randomly selected by pressing random card on gatherer. And they were kindly collated by Phil earlier before he left, so I haven't had a chance to see them either. And we're going to take turns reading them. And we've tried not to duplicate previous entries on the encyclopedia, but, you know, it's random. We don't necessarily, I mean, I don't guarantee anything. It. I wasn't here for the last one, so it'll be the first time you get my take. And so, and so mm-hmm. Phil selected these cards, is that right? Phil hit random a handful of times and just copied the picture in, so yes. Great, so he's not here. He just left us his leavings, and now we're going to have to sort through it. Like when when you go through an estate sale or something, you're like, ah, yeah. I don't know, why is there a 
loaf of bread in the cabinet. I don't know. It's just it's just how it is. So you and I are going to be Sherlock and Watson as we delve through this pile of mystery cards that have been left by the great Phil DeLuca, and we're going to sit here and try to piece together the story they tell. Indeed. Indeed, Watson. We have, <laughs> we have no idea what's here. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's begin. All right, I'm going to hit down. You ready? I'm going to hit the down let's button. Let's go. Here we go. Card number one. Card number one. Ooh, this is cool. Bile Blight. An instant for two black mana from, uh, I believe it was the second set in the Theros block. It says, target creature and all other creatures with the same name as that creature get minus three, minus three until the end of turn. Standard all-star and an amazing card by itself in Commander, personally. Uh, what do you got, Gavin? So I got two things on Bioblight for you. The first thing is one of the last changes we made to Born of the Gods was to Bioblight, but not in the way that you would you would think. It didn't change the effect or anything. The name was all one word, and we were just worried there that it was going to go awry somewhere. So we added a space between Bile and Blight. There, fun, fun fact for you. As far as Commander goes, now... The thing about Commander is, of course, it's a singleton format, so shrinking a creature and every other creature with the same name, it doesn't really seem that strong, because they're not going to have them, right? Noel, not quite, because tokens all share a name, so there's so many Commander decks built around tokens, Bioblight could I be a great answer to a token swarm. <laughs> right, so like if you're like me, and you want to make sure that you build your decks to beat Shivam when you guys end up playing, Bioblight's <laughs> a fine card to have. Echoing Truth, Bioblight... I don't know, echoing calm, <laughs> whatever, man, just just get, get him in there. We designed this as a nod, in fact, to the echoing cards from Darksteel. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, this card ended up being huge in uh, Standard at the time because it's so powerful. I mean, it kills all the uh, random, like, Lingering Souls token. Wait, no, was it Ravnica Theros? Yeah, it was. It killed, like, it was a big part of the Blue-Black Devotion deck, but also in Commander... This card is such a huge role player because it's only cost two and it's an instant and it wrecks. It completely obliterates token decks. It completely obliterates people who are playing with like fancy clone effects or doing, you know, right of replication shenanigans. And it's just such a great all purpose utility card for a commander. Especially if you know in your meta that there are people who are going to be like spamming tokens all day. It's a really good kind of meta call against that sort of thing. But even when it's not, two mana to give a creature negative three, negative three is not a terrible buy, especially at instant speed. Yeah, I mean, I would not normally put this into most of my commander decks, but if I was in a heavy tokens meta game, I would definitely consider it. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's it's a great, like, yeah, you could probably do better for general wraths, but it's still, it's... There's nothing wrong with Bioblight. This is a great card. I will say, card now. if you ever target a creature and two of your opponents have the same creature, you're going to feel so smart. If, <laughs> if you know, Phil and Sean over there, those those people who aren't here right now, if they both control Snapcaster Mage and I get both of them, I'm going to feel like a genius. <laughs> yes, that is a super powerful meta call as well. I've definitely seen somebody just wreck an entire horde of, like, 400 zombie tokens with nice. a bile blight just because you know they had um was it endless ranks of the dead and the liliana um token and all that and they were just spamming out soldier and soldier and soldier and it's just like gosh all of your soldiers just caught you know cholera and i'm not soldiers your zombies just like 
caught the plague because they're zombies and now they're all dead. And you're like, I'm not sure about the flavor win here, but, you know, sorry. It's amazing. Should we move on to the next card? Number two. All right, see what we got. Pushing the down button. What do we have? Ooh, you get to read this one. All right, so card number two is a classic, an oldie but goodie, and that is Pacifism. Now, you might be wondering which version in particular. That is the sixth edition version with the classic flavor text. For the first time in his life, Grack felt a little warm and fuzzy inside, which is actually, because he points it out uh, every now and then at work, is a Mark Rosewater pen flavor text. So super classic card, one of the most reprinted cards of all time. And one of my favorite flavor texts, not going to lie. This is just an iconic card, iconic flavor text. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, it's a, it's a great but, piece. And in Commander, so once again. So uh, what did you tell the listeners who might not know what pacifism is? Oh, it absolutely. Does? It's a pretty uh, pretty nice, simple little card. It's one and a white mana for an aura enchant creature. And it says enchanted creature can't attack or block. And the great thing about cards like this so once again not a card that would normally make my commander deck two mana removal spell that's sorcery speed and doesn't even necessarily get the creature off the board not what i'm always looking for in commander but if i'm playing an enchantment based deck or an aura based deck those decks are normally pretty low on good removal spells that also right. hit up your enchantment synergies so this is a great way to do that for example playing this triggers all your constellation cards uh, anything exactly. like that that you're playing so i would could totally see playing it in a deck like that yeah, and especially if you're playing one of those enchantment-based decks like Karametra. Karametra's deck is very aura-based, and you could do all sorts of neat shenanigans. And definitely, I've seen people take things like pacifism and bounce it back and forth a lot and recur both getting the pacifism effect and start accruing value from the other auras that they're running. And frankly, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of better ways you could do it, but this card really is just... Like, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, it's, it's clean and simple. I mean, other options if you're looking for pacifism are Fate's Fetters is always great because it can hit any permanent mm. and it gives you four life to boot. And it gives you life. And then uh, Temporal Isolation is a big one that I love. That, that's uh, basically a flash version of this. has a lot more words on it, but it like, gives a creature shadow and it kind of locks it over in a corner, which is nice. Is that from uh, Future Time? Time Spiral. Like the time yeah, spiral it's, it is flash. It gives the creature shadow and it can't deal damage anymore. So unless there are other shadow creatures on the board, it's basically pacifism. Yeah, so I've noticed that we haven't really seen like stock pacifism show up in uh, sets recently. I mean, we definitely have seen a lot of variants, but it feels like white is moving more towards the like Journey to Nowhere Oblivion Ring style removals instead of the pacifisms. Can you... like? Tell us what's up well, with that. Well, yeah, I mean, we like to switch things around, you know, try try different removal spells where, but we should, we're still doing a fair amount of pacifisms. One thing, though, is there's kind of, when you compare Oblivion Ring to pacifism, there's two big differences. One is that with pacifism, the thing stays in play, which means, well, one, its abilities can still be used, but it also clutters up the board a little bit. It's like a creature you don't have to, you know, you just have to think about it, even though you don't have to think about it right over there. And then secondly, mm. is it starts to look a lot like blues removal. When you compare, say, claustrophobia and pacifism, in 95 plus right. percent of games, they're going to be exactly the same card. So we, it helps separate them a little bit from each other. With that said, I think you're going to still see tons of pacifism style effects. We've had them. I don't remember if there's one off the top of my head in Ixalan or not, but there was definitely one in Amonkhet. So we still do them a fair amount. Yeah, I mean... Claustrophobia is another card that we haven't seen in a long time. Like, I loved that card and, like, the kind of frost ability in blue. But Pacifism is just such a classic, great old-school card. It does so many cool things. I mean, yeah, there's a million better things you can do. And certainly, if you're playing white, there's a million different removal options. But in a pinch, this definitely helps out. 
So, moving to number three, Wake Thrasher. Ooh, I've never played with this card in standard. This is a nice one. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this card. Oh before. man, so, this card is is not so. Because back in the day, let me tell let me tell the folks what right, it does ahead, first. So, Wake Thrasher for uh, two colorless and blue for three converted mana is a Merfolk soldier. That's a one one, and it says whenever a permanent you control becomes untapped, Wake Thrasher be- gets plus one plus one. Wait, whenever a permanent gets plus one plus one until end of turn, that means like. If you untap six lands, it gets plus uh, six. Absolutely. Plus six. So the classic play with this card <laughs> is at the end of your opponent's turn, you tap all your lands, you untap, and it's gigantic. This has seen a good amount of play in Merfolk oh decks God. of various kinds over the years, and it's because it gets huge fast. You know, yes, it's a one-one on your opponent's turn. So if you're trying to block with it, you're not getting that far. But this is a totally reasonable commander card because you're gonna have a lot of lands in play, and it basically on your turn, at bare minimum, has power and toughness of equal to one plus your lands. And if you've got artifact mana untapping, other creatures untapping, seven hundred tokens untapping, it's gonna get oh it's gonna get, get huge. Additionally, <laughs> any kind of infinite combo that lets you tap and untap as many times as you want, like Basalt Monolith, I believe is the one, will let you Basalt Monolith and Rings of Bright. Yeah, well, well, Basalt Monolith on its own, I think, just lets you go infinite with this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Because it does. you get That's three insane. mana, untap it, get three mana, untap it, so on and so forth. The downside, it has no <laughs> evasion, of course. It's just a three mana 1-1 one, one without trample or flying or anything. But, sure, but Whisper Silk Cloak or whatever commander method you choose to use and you're good to go. God knows you're going to have at least one like rogue's passage sitting around somewhere, Whisper Silk Cloak, any number of... I mean, it's a merfolk, so if you're using other merfolk synergies, there's a million different ways to give merfolk island walk or some number of just tricksy things that'll let you just go to town with this guy. Wow, this is amazing. I think I'm definitely going to be having to put this into the Kiora deck I'm building because obviously it's a merfolk. And God, whenever... a there's so many absurd things you could do. If you're attacked and you block with this guy and you use a Maze of Ith on one of the other attackers, he gets a plus one, plus one. It just, like, infinite. Wow. What a cool card. Yeah, good old good yeah. old Eventide, full of cards no one's ever seen before. You know, the last episode we did, Phil and I did a Lorwyn re-review. So we went through and picked our top five cards from the Lorwyn block, I mean, from not the block, from the set. And now I want to go back and do that for the other three sets of the Lorwyn year, because those sets I've been digging through for like Apatra have so many incredible things in them that you don't even think about. Like there's so many really great cards in Lorwyn, Morningtide, Eventide, and Shadowmoor that just like have disappeared. And I think it's high time for them to start resurfacing. But moving on to card number four. All right, number four. What do we got? Let's check this out. Oh, yeah, here we go. I, I got to say, Shivam, this card rocks. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. And that's because it is the Rock of Courage's alpha printing. I had this card, this printing even, from way the hell back And, of when. course, this is the very in-color pie, three red oh, for yeah. a 3-3 three, three flyer. Well, yeah, so it's a three in colorless and a red for the four converted mana cost. Summon rock for that. I mean, this would be a solid blue card, right? Like a good mid-pick and draft. Let's see. What does the flavor text here say? I just want to make sure we get the... Give, we want to give our, our <laughs> readers out there the full picture because they can't see this wonderful artwork. Okay, the flavor text is, We encountered a valley topped with immense boulders and eerie rock formations. 
Suddenly, one of these boulders toppled from its perch and sprouted gargantuan wings, casting a shadow of darkness and sending us fleeing in terror. Now, if that doesn't frighten you, I don't know what will. Yeah, like, I mean, this card was awesome when I was in eighth grade. And because, you know, you have to have something all the way to Sheevan Dragon. And this is a good way between Dragon Whelp and Sheevan Dragon. And uh, it definitely was fantastic if you're playing old school. Probably would not put it into a lot of commander decks, though, admittedly. I'm just going to go with a 4-4, a a 4-mana cost 3-3 flyer that does literally nothing else. Maybe not the best thing you could be doing for 4-mana in commander. Good for your your rock tribal deck. You know, sometimes you just got to rock out. Sometimes uh, you just need to uh, spread those wings and fly. But maybe maybe not this one. So (laughs) let's let's move to the next one. Hey, Shivam, I got one for you. Oh. Why didn't... Gandalf have the eagles take people all the way to to Mount Doom. Why didn't he? Gavin? Because one does not simply rock into Mordor. <laughs> you know, other people would groan, but I love puns, so I'm all about that. And I'm just us this week. We, we can do whatever we want. We can probably title the show after a pun, and no one will know the difference, right? <laughs> this is seriously like I am unfettered. It's amazing. <laughs> Moving to number All five. Right. Ooh, yeah, this Ooh. is one of my favorite uh, names to say in Limited. Ooh, this is a good card. Ickersley. Is that such a nice, uh, the, such that's, a good ring to it? Good ri- the thing I love yeah. about the name Ickerslick is one, it has this like, it rolls off the tongue, but in a way that feels like you're kind of stumbling through some muck to say it. Like Ickerslick. Yeah, it's also super gross to think Ickerslick about. Ickerslick feels like you're talking about this gross. Icker, and it just—it's a wonderful name. So I don't know who named it, but uh, yeah. great work. I don't know. This one definitely gets an A plus in names, and it's just the idea of that is so gross. You're like, oh, that's some entrail I just slipped in. But yes, yeah, so Ickerslick, a sorcery for two colorless and black. Target creature gets negative three, negative three until end of turn, but it's got cycling for two, which lets you pitch this card and draw another one, and. It's got madness for three and a black. This is like the greatest, I don't know, Chinese menu of cards in quite some time. Do, do, do you get it? Do you know you could pay six mana to cycle it and madness it? That's the joke. I literally, I was just thinking about that. Like, wow, this is just like discard this card, draw a new card, and target creature gets negative, negative, negative three, negative three for six mana. That's bad but not the awful. height of opulence uh on this card when it comes so I, we I, we've talked in the past on this show about how time spiral is just completely like opulent block um <laughs> full of these in jokes right and the, the and the height this. of the, this card has so many levels of in jokes but to me as the designer the height of opulence here is making this a sorcery because when you cycle madness that you can do that at instant speed so it's just like oh, you combine all these things together but also, you can change it from a sorcery into an instant. This is one of the best commons in Future Sight. <laughs> it was really strong. I mean, it's no Sprout Swarm. That was the best common, but still very well, good. Well, yeah, Sprout Swarm pays six to get one one. Five. But you could do it forever. Well, was it like, wasn't the buyback five on that and then one green to cast uh, It's it? five mana total, so one green to cast and three to buyback. Oh. oh, okay. Well, yeah, that just... That's completely outrageous, too. yeah. So, oh, it had convoked, didn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that that's the that's the the thing. Once you get enough tokens, you, you go nuts. I remember there's a one of the first stories I heard when I got to R and D. So, Sprout Swarm. This isn't on our list, but we're just going to talk about it anyway. Is 
a one green instant with Convoke, so you can tap creatures to help pay his mana cost, and buyback for three mana. So if you pay three mana when you cast it, it can go back into your hand. And, of course, you can tap your creatures to help pay for its buyback cost. And it makes a 1-1 Sapperling. So Future Sight card, crazy, check it out. We mashed up two mechanics. Whoa-wee, what's happening? But, so I remember once um, Eric Lauer, who's a genius in R&D, absolutely wonderful person, who was the man behind a lot of sets like... Innistrad, for example, um, which and Theros. And Theros, which which players love, and many others too. He he told me a story about how he once splashed this in his blue black deck in Time Spiral Limited by using using Sarpedian Empires Volume Four, which allows you to, you to make a green <laughs> Sapling creature token, and using that to to be the green hat part of the of the convoke on this card. So it's real nice. That's absurd. Yeah. Isn't it like Sarpedian Empire Volume Eight? It's like V I I I or something. I don't know, man. I don't know Roman. I'm an, I I know English, not Roman numerals. Try yeah, again later. But that that is so meta. That is just so many layers right there. But Ickerslick, man, this looks like it's oh. Volume Seven. I lied. I can't read Roman numerals. Volume Seven. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So Ickerslick is a pretty cool card if you're playing with. Let's say Amonkhet, because there's a lot of really neat benefits to discarding. And man, this would have been a great reprint in Shadows of Innistrad or Amonkhet, somewhere in there that you combine the two. And in the little set between in the, between the blocks, you're like, ah, oh, it's yeah. So I guess space. put it in Kaladesh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say Ikerslick, draft it if you're playing Future Sight. Try and draw it if you're playing Mental Magic. Probably don't put it into your commander decks. That's my recommendation. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it goes really well with that uh, demon that when you discard a thing, it gives negative one, negative one. I will eight. say, Shivam, you know what this is good against? What? Rock of Curages. <sighs> you know what else is good against Rock of Curages? Lightning Bolt, which is what happened a lot of times after you paid your four mana to get your 3-3 three, three fire. They're like, oh, that's cute. Lightning but Shivam, see, Ember Shot costs seven. Icarus Slick with Cycling Madness only costs six. So you're you're uh, you know you're getting somewhere here. God, I hope one of the cards is Ember Shot because I need to know why that card is. How who decided that Lightning Bolt needed to cast like seven mana? Like that is like whenever I see that randomly, I'm just like, this is the most absurd card I've ever seen. It's like so bad. I, I, the thing is, though, I mean, it's still totally fine, limited. Like I I've played it and then that format before. Uh, a lot of people hold up cards like Lightning Bolt and Counterspell as every. This should be the benchmark for everything. But sometimes you just need to make a limited card that's not four constructed, and it can just kind of be whatever mana removal spell we need for it to be. And Ember Shot's a great example of hey, yeah, we just we need like a kind of okay, like you know, medium level bad late game removal spell that some decks will play, and Ember Shot fits the bill. And man, I, I know it doesn't look like much for seven mana. But at some point, when your opponent has seven mana and starts ember shotting your creatures and drawing a bunch of cards, you're just going to lose. That's 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 the deal. I don't know. I feel like if you let a red deck get to seven mana, you're just like, something's gone wrong. All right. Oh, well, man, well ne- car- next Anyways, time we draft on. Odyssey Block, I'll be sure to end our game with an ember shot, Shivam. No problem. You know what? I would love to draft Odyssey someday. That's like one of the sets I was in my gap years. So I know like nothing about it, but you get card number six. I love that we're giving them bonus cards, by the way. We're like talking about all these random cards, which in turn is making us talk about other random cards. 
<laughs> we totally warned them in the beginning, like, hey, this is going to be story time with Shiva and Gavin. You're going to get what you're going to get. Finally, <laughs> what the listeners have been waiting for, how to play Future Sight Limited. Okay, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's card number six is a nice one. Yeah, this is actually really Figure great. Figure of Destiny. So this is a hybrid red-white mana for a 1-1 Kithkin creature from Eventide as well. And it... This looks like it's from one of the dual decks. Yeah, it's been reprinted um, before. It's got one, I'm going to call it H, because that's what we call it in R&D, okay? It just makes a lot more sense. So when I say H, that means a hybrid mana. So it's got H to become a 2-2 Kithkin spirit, and then HHH, if Figure Destiny is a spirit, it becomes a 4-4 Kithkin spirit warrior, and then HHHHHH, that's six H's for you guys to keep track at home. If Figure of Destiny <laughs> is a warrior, it becomes an 8-8 Kithkin Spirit Warrior Avatar with Flying and First Strike. So basically, it's a level-up card before there were level-up cards. This is one of my favorite cards of all time. This card is phenomenal. You never feel bad when you draw it at any point in the game because you can always do something with it. And it's just buff. It does amazing things. And if it was a soldier, it would be 100% in my Boros Soldier deck. But it's not. However, I still love Figure of Destiny. Figure of Destiny and the like remake that was done in Fate Reforged, the guy who had the pseudo, like the exact kind of thing, except it was the Abzan colors. Those two cards are just so much fun to play because like, you just feel good about it. It's like the level up, exactly like the level up cards. Like You feel good about making this guy bigger and doing buff things and i've definitely used him in commander decks before because as i said it's good on turn one it's good on turn eight yeah i was actually about to bring up warden of the first tree which is the obzon one that, that exactly. was in that's the one i couldn't remember yeah the which was obzon one that was in fate reforged and that card was actually inspired by figure of destiny we knew we were going to do some hybrid mana here and we thought back to okay what are some cool iconic things from magic's passive use hybrid mana and came up with this guy. We tried a ton of iterations on him, and I was pretty happy with where he ended up. He saw some standard play, pretty strong, strong card in its own right. Yeah, Warden of the First Tree was my pre-release promo during Fate Reforged, and that card, which is a green mono 1-1 one, one, that becomes like gigantic mega bomb, is so good in limited, it's just absurd. Like, he gets trampled in lifelink and then a whole ton of counters, and then you just pound counters on there all day long. Yeah. And note oh, the big difference. Figure, Warden of the First Tree is like one of my. Note the big cards. difference between Warden of the First Tree and Figure of Destiny is Warden of the First Tree doesn't cap out with fate. With Figure exactly. it can't get larger. With Warden it can. For for those you know not who don't know every favorite Forged card um, at home. Warden of the First Tree is green for a one one. It's a human, one and a hybrid mana, a white black hybrid mana. Warden of the First Tree becomes a human warrior with base power toughness three three. 2HH, that's 2 hybrid mana for those who have been playing playing along. So over 4 total mana. If Warden of the First Tree is a warrior, it becomes a human spirit warrior with Trample and Lifelink. And then for 3HHH, if Warden of the First Tree is a spirit, put 5 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. So it's it's not bounded like figure is where it's bounded at 8-8. At eight, eight. Now, you know, you mentioned this was your pre-release promo for Fate Reforged. Is that right, Shivam? Yeah. Do you know what the pre-release promo for Eventide was? Was it? It was of Figure of Destiny. Everyone who oh. came to pre-release got a Figure of Destiny. Pretty sweet, right? That is pretty sweet. So this is a cube all-star. Absolutely. So a lot of standard play, block play, in its time, of course. In Commander, pretty reasonable card to play with. But you need to be. I would say you probably need to be red, white, or mono red or mono white to make it work. If you start going to three color mana bases, you might have some trickiness getting this up to its full six mana 
um, ability, which is where it really starts to shine. But yeah, totally reasonable commander card, and commander doesn't have a lot of solid one-drop creatures, and this is one that, you know, it's, it's totally reasonable to play. It's not going to blow your my socks off, but it's still a, a potent threat in its own right and pretty good with, like, Ranger of Eos and things like that. And the other thing I like about it is that it's got that surprise factor as well, because you don't have to pump it up, and you can definitely pump it up at instant speed and just, like, you know, surprise someone out of nowhere with like, whoops, I now have an 8-8 flying blocker with first strike. Yeah, unlike unlike level up cards, you can do this at any time, right? Keep that in mind. Yeah, no, Figure Destiny is great. It's a card I would love to see more of because I just love level up. I mean, level up, the cards in, in Eldrazi were really just weird to template and hard to read and stuff. But Figure Destiny, Warden of the First Tree are cards that I just, they just make me feel good when I see them. Well, one, of my, one of my favorite interactions that would come up in Block Constructed with this card is your opponent would cast Sower of Temptation, targeting your figure of destiny. And after you made it like a 4-4 or an 8-8 or something, and you had to decide if you wanted to pay a mana to turn it back into a 2-2 so that they they couldn't, they didn't have this big creature, right? And you're like, well, if I can kill off their Sower, like, I'll get my figure back, then I'll have to pay all the mana again. Like, what's the thing to do? I, I found that really interesting. Anyway. Oh, I didn't realize you can like deal Oh, yeah, yeah. You guy. can bring it all the way, way back down. Because it's not a base level. It's just a, he becomes a 2-2. Oh, that's, that's cheeky. Yeah. That's cute. I like that. So, card number seven. Oh, this is a classic. This is a card that was the mainstay of the first deck I ever built in Magic, and still one of my favorite cards of all time. Clone. The classic original clone, except this is the one from Onslaught Block, and it's three and a blue, and as clone comes into play, choose a creature, and if you do, clone becomes a copy of that creature. It does what it says on the tin. One of the just fabulous card. Clone effects are always good. Yes, there's more multi-target clones you can do in Commander, but there's, I mean, this card is great. You can, like, the other guy can spend all day long and build up a ginormo thing, and you're like, okay, well, I now have one too. When this game came back in Onslaught, it was a really big deal. I remember people talked a lot about this and a lot about what it did. And ultimately, you know, it, it hasn't seen a ton of constructed play since it showed back up. But no, but it's really. inspired a lot of things um, since it, cards that, that certainly have. And I love it classic. Like, this is to me such a wonderful top-down card. It's got a great one-word simple name. It makes awesome flavor sense. And it's, you know, whatever the best creature on the board is. You can't go too wrong. Exactly. And Clone is one of those cards where it's like, there's a lot of like one word cards from the olden days that you look at and you're like this you I wish we could reuse that like telepathy but or was it telekinesis teleport probably just what you're thinking of yeah teleport like oh you can't be blocked by walls okay great um but yeah no clone though clone is perfect it's simple it is like the the pure essence of a magic card it does exactly what you think it does every time you can bounce it and reuse it and I mean, yeah, it's not going to go in every deck, but it's never a bad play to have. And I got to say, for all your listeners at home, I would guess most of you have probably never done this, but you really haven't lived until you've played played clone not copying something for whatever reason. (laughs) Why? Well, two reasons. Either you want a death trigger. So you can get get your death trigger to happen. So you choose it to not copy something. (laughs) So it'll just die as a zero, zero. Or you have, there are no creatures in play and you have like a glorious anthem style effect. So you just need to like put it down as a body. <laughs> you got options, man. You got options. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess so. That's, um, 
that's some sleaze. Though. I feel like you that's a bad feeling, man. If you're just playing clone and it's just sitting there like, well, I guess I'll be myself. On the flip side, your opponent hasn't really known true terror until they've faced down the clone beat down. <laughs> oh, good gracious. But, you know, my favorite is like always doing something like clone on like the uh, progenitor golem or whatever. And then you're like, oh, now there's like infinite billion golems in play. Anyways, card number eight. Oh, I don't even remember this card. Oh, because it's from Dragons. I didn't play that at all. So, Surge of Righteousness. An instant from uh, Dragons of Tarkir for one and a white, which says destroy target black or red creature that's attacking or blocking. You gain two life. This is like the most narrow of kill spells in quite some time. Wait, so, yeah, Dragons of Tarkir had this cycle of hate cards that hated on um, two colors. And for Constructed, these are actually really important. They make for great sideboard cards. And, you know, black and red decks are often aggressive. So this is a great card to have when you're playing against a mono-red deck. They play some haste creatures and attack you. You slam this down, kill down their creature, and you gain two life in the process. Also for Constructed. Also for Standard in particular. In Commander, though, you're usually going to have better things uh, to do with, with your two mana and removal spells. Not saying this is totally unplayable. Actually, it's a pretty good removal spell for white against any black or red creature. And in a Commander table, you're pretty likely to find a target for it. There's going to be a black or red player. But you also have all of Magic to draw upon, so you've got Swords to Plowshares, yeah, Path to Exile, exactly. things like it's that. Like, this, this definitely does not hold up against, say, Swords or Plow or, or uh, Path to Exile or, like, you know, any uh, Condemn like a million and one different white removal spells that can just and the target the attacking or blocking clause that I've seen like I guess almost all white removal does now with like you know their do three damage to target attacking creature or whatever it just feels like poor white has just been like cut off at the knees when it comes to good removal these days that's not like pacifism or o-ring style stuff well maybe yeah that, that's true although i'd say that, that o-ring is one of the stronger kinds of removal we make so i mean really if you think, if you think about it white gets access to three main removal categories they're punish someone who has made an aggressive move against me so dealing damage to attacking or blocking creatures for example is one of them there is lock a creature away but it's undoable so that's like Oblivion Rings, Pacifisms, and so on. And then there's Killing Big Things. So that Those are your um, sure Smite the Monstrous, things like that. The second category, though, locking things away, but it's undoable, are usually pretty strong because there aren't a lot of ways to undo them. So we've seen quite a bit of those uh, see play in Standard in recent times. Yeah, that's true. God, what was that? There was a white card from from alliances that was a destroy target creature with power four greater was that smite the monster or no that was in zendikar there was another one that was like that but okay i need to know what this was i think smite the monsters was in but regardless yeah reprisal yes that's the card I was reprisal thinking. smite the monsters yeah. for two less mana yeah that card is amazing and i would love to see that one come back someday but it's probably too powerful because too powerful a two mana to destroy target creature with power four or greater is pretty great, especially in Commander. Wow. Like, that would be amazing. But in the meantime, you have Surge of Righteousness, which is, in fact, not at all like Reprisal or Smite the Monstrous. Uh, I mean, if you've got a good theme reason to put this into your deck, sure. Otherwise, I'm sure you've got better things to do with your time. You want the next one, Gavin? Sure, let's take it. I'm going to just go charging into battle here with... Card number nine, the Charging Paladin. Two and a white for a 2-2 two, two human knight. 
Whenever a charging paladin attacks, it gets plus zero, plus three until end of turn. So Good in Doran? <laughs> not the strongest commander card, admittedly. It is a knight. So if you're building your knight tribal deck, maybe maybe you look at this. Um, one of my favorite deck names of all time is Must Be Knights. And that's <laughs> that's always nice. Now, when I think, when I think of Charging Paladin, you know what I think of, Shivam? No, what do you think of, Gavin? I think of an Arctic turn. No, I... I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I that's a... If you get that, well done. That, that's a deep reference. I think of... The dual deck this was in. Knight vs. Dragons? I, it might have been in that one, but it, I believe it was in the one that had a Chroma vs. Lord of the Pit, Angels vs. Demons. Uh, let's let's double check my, my facts here. Uh, you are correct, sir. Angels vs. Demons. Divine vs. Oh, Demonic is what yes. called it. The, 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 the more catchy Divine vs. Demonic. And uh, yeah, I remember... I love dual decks. I know you're also a huge fan of dual decks, Shivam. And it is my single favorite product, not gonna and lie. And so with Charging Paladin, and so I really enjoyed uh playing uh dual decks anthologies. And this was a card that I had honestly forgotten existed until I played with it in dual deck <laughs> anthologies and, and threw it down. So you know, nice little card incentivizes you to to attack. It's always nice when you give you a reason to progress the game forward. So a totally reasonable limited card I could play, see playing it sometimes. Now, here's the thing. You could play this as a commander if you put it into a Doran deck. And Doran saying, you know, of course, that you attack with your toughness instead of with your power. So if you're getting plus O plus 3 when you attack, that means you're technically becoming a 5-5 five, five for your attack. Now, yes, it's not the greatest card you could put in a Doran deck, but you could. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, for, for 3 mana, it's a totally reasonable option for that deck. You're going to want to try and find all the high toughness creatures you can. So it works. Yeah, and I would probably use like the dinosaur that's like the one seven that came out just recently. The Brontosaurus, the three six maybe three seven. Yeah, just the guy who's got the super giant butt. That's like okay, you were made for Doran. But anyways, charging paladin, you can charge off. We are now going to go to card number ten, aerial guide from Amonkhet block two and a blue for a Drake. That's a two two flyer. Now here's the trick. Whenever Aerial Guide attacks, target attacking creature gains flying until end of turn. That's actually a really great limited card. In Commander, nah. I mean, it's good. Getting somebody in Invasion is pretty great. Use it with your uh, Waking Thresher from earlier, to uh, your Thrasher to give him flying and then just go like swarm over. But I feel like a Drake is not a really good creature type for Commander. It doesn't have any inherent like bonuses or anything just giving one extra thing flying until end of turn it's not really worth a 2-2 body in a commander deck it's fine probably do better aerial guide great card for limited this is awesome i actually think this is kind of the future of you know you're gonna see cards like this more often because it's a good blue creature to have around helpers it's, it's awesome it just gives blue aggressive deck some legs not the strongest commander deck though card i, I will admit yeah, and I'll say this much, now that we've passed it, Amonkhet uh, Limited, one of my favorites of all time. Only beaten by Kaladesh Limited, which is my favorite of all yeah, time. Yeah, Amonkhet Limited, especially with Hour, was fantastic. I really liked that Hour slowed down the format a little bit and let you be a little dirtily. All right. Well, that was really fun. It was 10 cards plus, like, you know, six more bonus cards that we just threw in there for good times. And uh, that was a really good time. Thanks for joining me, Gavin, on the Shivam Show. This would have been a really interesting conversation to have with myself, but I much prefer sharing it with you. And thanks for hanging out with us, all of you listeners out there. 
We love you. We are so grateful that you give us a chance to talk about magic every week. And we hope that we could bring some entertainment to your lives, too, especially with random nonsense about, uh, I don't know, Odyssey Limited. I, I got to say, Shivam, one of my favorite features on our website is the random card button and gatherer. Like, while you're talking right now, I'm just clicking it, seeing what cards show up. And, and it's great. If you've never used random card before, go to gatherer, hit the random card button. You you never know what you'll what you'll find. One of my favorite things I did, uh, this was years ago now um, with LSV and a few others, is we did a random gatherer card draft where we just oh. it, it was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. You had to play around literally anything in the entire game of Magic. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was like me and Tom Martell and LSV and maybe Chion. I can't remember a few others. Anyway, it's it's a wild format. Highly recommend it. Even if you just generate 15 ra- random cards and gather and try and figure out what you'd pick, it's a lot of fun. All I'm saying is if you ever bring back the Invitational, that would be an amazing draft <laughs> format. Random card? Nice. Yeah, like I just hit random card and I got Drooling Grudian, which is actually a great card. Oh, Drooling Grudian is gas. Yeah. Yeah, man. Two and uh, two black and a green to sack a creature and give one of your guys plus two plus two and another target creature and minus two minus two. That's actually a legitimate card that I should probably put into my Hapatra deck. Wow, this is actually a great card. It was really good in Ravnica Limited, and I remember me and my brother just said the word Grudian to each other so many times because we <laughs> love that word. Like, a drooling Grudian. Just tell me what that even is. And you look at the art, and you're like, yep, that's definitely a drooling Grudian. So. <laughs> Certainly, whatever you want it to be. Like, that's the type of card that you're like, if you say you're a drooling Grudian, I'm not going to argue with you. So. Oh, man, I just got the <laughs> rumbling slum avatar on Magic Online. That's a that, that's even a crazy <laughs> one to find on here. Find all kinds of good stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, see, we could do this for days, but we literally just did. So I think we should stop before we get too far. Gavin, how can our listeners reach you if they have more random stories of Future Sight Limited? Well, yeah, I'm happy to answer any of your Future Sight Limited questions. I know how to beat Sprout Swarm, so if you ever need to uh, find that out, let me know. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Gavin Verhe, just my name, on Instagram, my name, on Tumblr, my name. Basically, if it's my name, it's me. So look for any social media outlet you want. Search me. Happy to talk with you on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, anywhere else. Always love talking with you guys, and thank you so much for listening. It's been a blast coming on this show again. I feel so fortunate to be on here so many times, and uh, I can't wait to see what you guys think. You're a super fun guest. You have great stories, and our audience loves you, so I could not possibly think of another person I would want to do my maiden voyage on this ship with. But speaking of which, I would love to thank our patrons once again for helping us keep the lights on, helping us put this show out week after week, and each week we like to call out three of you. And this week, we're calling out Eric Williamson, thank you so much for patronizing us. And the voice of all podcasts, that's a fantastic show you guys should be listening to and supporting as well. It turns a magic story into amazing audio dramas, and it's great to listen to because, especially recently, the Ixalan story has been one of the best that we've had in forever, and it's really great to listen to it incredibly well-acted and well-performed. So thank you for supporting us as well. And who's this? Gavin Verge. Yeah, uh, I'm on the list. I, I'm afraid. I, it looks like. Are Are you a patron? Of I ours? am, as I admitted earlier. Yes. Well, 
thank you so much on behalf of us and as a representative of all of our patrons thank you all so much for helping us stay on we love being a commander podcast we think we bring something amazing and unique to the table and we love that you guys love us as well if you have any comments or thoughts or suggestions feel free to tweet us at commander in mtg and myself you can find me at girapuri gears you can find phil at ketjack and you can find sean at copain 23 without your continued support we could not do this and we are entirely grateful to you and thankful to everybody for helping us out now gavin you've done this before and you even gave us one of our best taglines, which is now basically our permanent tagline of the show. So would you be so kind as to take us out however you would like? Well, I'm going to tell you I'm going to take you out right now. Because I'm while Shivan was talking, I was just hitting random card over and over and over again <laughs> to see what card showed up. So, and I got a lot of really good ones. But eventually, I ended, and I stopped clicking random card, on the simple 6th edition Sabretooth Tiger. Which is a card that's very nostalgic for me. It was in the first ever deck I owned, the 6th edition starter deck. And it's not a very impressive card. It's 2 and a red for a 2-1 first striker. But this card captured my imagination when I was a kid. I really, I was like, wow, this card's like unbeatable. This is amazing. And just remember that any card you see, even if you think it's not that strong, could be someone's favorite card. So even though today we're talking about some cards, we're like, eh, it's not the best in Commander. If someone plays against you in Commander, that's totally fine. Because they put it in their deck and they wanted to use it for whatever reason they did. And that's cool. And they might be able to do something cool with it. And hey, never underestimate that. Also, the most important part though, what I was really getting at with all this, is Sabretooth's Tiger flavor text. Which is a quote from Norin the Wary, which seems appropriate for Commanderin. And here's the quote, now the official Commanderin tagline y'all should be aware of. The quote is, I fear anything with teeth measured in hand spans. <laughs> Take that for what you will, my friends. Take that for what you will. Well said. Thank you once again. Have a good night. Have a good evening. Have a good morning. Have a good afternoon. If you're on the moon, you have none of those. Hopefully you have a good one. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for having me on again, Shivam. See you guys next time. <laughs>